0: Hello and welcome to the Neurology Nuts and Bolts podcast, a podcast all about constructing your career in neurology. I'm your host, Katherine Fu, and I'm currently a Movement Disorders Fellow at the University of California, Los Angeles, or UCLA. Today as part of the podcast on the anatomy of a cover letter, we're going to be talking with Dr. Lori Gutman, Chair of the Department of Neurology at Indiana University School of Medicine and Dr. Shivani Ghoshal, Assistant Professor of Neurology at Columbia University in the Division of Critical Care and Hospitalist Neurology. Thank you both so much for joining us today, and thank you for taking the time to speak with us, Dr. Gutman and Dr. Ghoshal.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, Catherine.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: Yeah, of course. So as someone who will be looking for jobs within the next year, I'm very interested myself in learning more about your experience with cover letters and how to strengthen them. So I think it would be great for our listeners to just start off with the question of what is a cover letter? So Dr. Ghoshal, perhaps I'll have you start and then Dr. Gutman, I'll have you answer next here.
2: Yeah, so I am a little more junior in my career path. And so I am someone who has written a lot of cover letters for myself. I'm curious also to hear Dr. Gutman's approach. But when I think about a cover letter, it is a professional way of introducing myself, why I'm writing to them, along with highlighting my strengths of why I could be a good candidate for a certain program. So it is different than a personal statement. It's different from a letter of interest. This is something that combines your CV and what you specifically bring as a strength to a program.
1: Yeah, so I would agree with that. Really, the purpose of of what you're projecting in your cover letter is almost like when we talk about the, the elevator pitch people have talked about before. It's kind of like, You want someone to know who you are, why you're right for that position, and also that you're aware of what that position is. So it's really a quick introduction and to get someone's attention to look a little bit farther.
0: Okay, great. Both of you have touched on one of my next questions, which was, what do you think of including an applicant's current characteristics? And by what I mean by that is, you know, what they bring to the table or what their future goals are for their career or whether there's a good fit for this job. Can you elaborate a little bit more on your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, I think it's important to stress what makes you a unique candidate for a program. I think it's very Tempting to sometimes blend that into a personal statement, um, but really you should be writing with an idea of what is your education and experience, and how does that fit? How does that fit in a trajectory, right, for what your eventual goal will be within a program? It should be succinct and streamlined. So, how does step one to step two bring you to eventual success at step three at a particular institution?
1: You can't see me nodding my head on this podcast, but I'm nodding my head to everything that you're saying. And I think uh, it, it's true. You really wanna be able to say what it is, where you know where you are right now um, and what brought you there, and then what that means to the position and where you think you're gonna go. Not that you would want to predict your whole future, obviously, in a cover letter for one particular job, but where you see yourself in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, for example, like if this was positioned to be a program director at an institution, where, where would you see yourself? Or if it's just an initial letter saying that you're applying for an open position, how do you think you could fill a special little niche within that that department?
0: Great. So sounds like filling a need within the institution or the area that you're applying for and highlighting how your strengths might fit into that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Great. Well, now to sort of get into a little bit of the nitty gritty of a cover letter. Dr. Ghoshal, can you start us off by just describing what maybe an ideal format or organization of a cover letter would be?
2: Yeah, I think it's important to have a, a structure to your cover letter. So the way that I think about it when I've been writing my own is first, you know, your opening of who are you addressing? And then in the first line, you should say why you are writing. And it's important because the person reading your cover letter wants to know exactly what you're applying for and that you show that you know what you're applying for and what that job entails. If you don't address that off the bat, already you don't have the reader's interest. After you Go through your reason for writing. Then you want to introduce yourself, right? Say, again, a little bit about your current characteristics, where you're working, what, you, what you've what you most recently finished in your training. And then in the third paragraph, start talking about your education and experience. And so this is where you can highlight certain things that you may be bringing to the table, whether, let's say, if you're interested in education, what you've worked on within medical education, any courses you've taken, any modules that you've made, trying to find one vein that you wanna carry through. And then in your fourth paragraph, talk about why you are particularly suited for the position that you're applying for. And this is where we talk a little bit about what you may bring to the table or your future goals. Then you have your closing comments and you, you know, your eventual salutation off. But the way that I think about it is, give a reason for why you're writing. Introduce yourself and, and with that introduction, say what you've been doing most recently then talk about your actual education and format that paragraph in a way that you are setting yourself up for the paragraph of why you are best for that institution. The way that I think about it is um, write in a streamlined way that it seems like a natural progression that when you, the person reads about your future goals, they can already tell you've been leading to this. Your, your future goals paragraph shouldn't be a reach but it should be almost as if it was inevitable that you would evolve to this position and then why that program would want you as that position. That can go, I think, in the future goals paragraph or your closing comments paragraph, but that's really how I break it down in my mind. Yeah, I love that. I
0: really love the organization of a natural progression of the cover letter and really building up to that future goals and sort of vision for yourself closing paragraph. Dr. Gutman, did you have
1: anything to add? No, I think that that's perfect. I do think that being succinct is important. I know, um, you know, one of the issues that we're going to talk about later are what things should you not do. And uh, it's good to try to be aware that you, you shouldn't ramble and that it's also helpful to make sure you have somebody else read it. And so that it does look like you're, as Dr. Goschel was saying, you're just taking someone by the hand and walking them right through. And they, it feels very natural to get to the point where, so that when they finish reading the cover letter, they say, of course, of course.
2: <laughs> and, you know, with that, I would say that it's very important, I said this before, to remember that your cover letter is not your personal statement. You shouldn't be regurgitating everything you've done In your cover letter, you shouldn't be necessarily telling your personal story unless it is particularly important for your future goal. The way that I I write a cover letter is that I try to think what do I want to be achieving at this particular institution? And then going through the things that I have done in my education experience and paring down to what I think is the most important for someone to know that shows that I am well trained and I have the, the ability to achieve that goal. So only what is pertinent to that goal. And
1: I would also say that, you know, sometimes there's things that are very unique that give you an extra dimension that maybe other people wouldn't have. That might not be directly related to that job, but allowed, but gave you some growth that was very important to get to that position. And that's important to include in there as well. I do think unless someone's asking for a personal statement, as you said, with this, we're just talking about cover letters, it's definitely important not to go through like chronologically everything that you've done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so just to summarize a little bit, it sounds like perhaps a personal statement is a little bit more recounting your motivations for embarking on your current career journey, your past experiences, and your prior achievements. And some people might include a little bit about their goals and hopes in their personal statement, but in my experience, it really hasn't been a huge component of it. But the cover letter is really framing your prior experiences in the context of what you will be bringing to the table for this current job or position and how you intend to build on that for the future.
2: Does that sound accurate? Perfect. Exactly.
0: Okay. Awesome. Great. Well, wonderful. Well, Dr. Gubbin, you've uh, already touched on this a little bit, but I think this is maybe a good opportunity to discuss what should not be in a cover letter or what pitfalls have you seen in those who have written cover letters? And if you want to expand on that a little bit more.
1: I think one thing that you should not put in your cover letter is, it may seem overly obvious, but things like what kind of salary you're expecting and you know things like that. You don't really wanna go into that. That's probably way far afield. Repeating everything that's already on your CV we talked about already. Don't say negative things about yourself. Remember you were trying to really bring attention to yourself and all the great things you've done. And so saying, you know, despite my, you know, <laughs> that you don't need to say despite. I suppose there are some circumstances where it might be okay to say despite, but in general, you want to just, you want to be very positive in your cover letter. And I think that, you know, you don't have to say uh, how great you think the institution is that you're going to join and that you just really want to be a part of that institution, you know, just like you're trying to get that particular institution to see how great you are. They don't need to hear about themselves. And lastly, I would say definitely, definitely do a spell check before you send it, right? So the last thing, I mean, you know, okay, we could argue about Oxford commas and, you know, whether you should have a comma in there or not, but but the worst thing you can do is to spell things wrong. Double check the spelling of the name that you're sending the cover letter to. I think, you know, as someone who is Gutman with one T and two Ns, it's still just kind of like, is like a little bit of a when people send me a cover letter that's two T's and one N. That's not going to get caught by spell check. So you're going to just need to make sure that you're spelling people's names right Um, when you're writing to them. That's a bad thing to do.
2: One other thing, if I can add to what I agree with everything Dr. Gutman said. For those of you who may already have a position or are looking to move, also do not focus on the negative aspects of your previous institution. That will only make you look bad. Focus on what you have learned at that institution, the positive things you're taking from that institution, and then how you are going to be growing them at your future institution. Don't necessarily focus on why you are leaving an institution, unless perhaps it's for, you know, personal familial reasons.
0: Yeah, both very important points here. I think focusing on the positive, both in regards to the individual applicant characteristics, as well as, you know, if they are leaving the institution, lessons learned from their experience at the former institution, and definitely sort of those foundational things, foundational parts of the cover letter, spelling and grammar, and making sure names are spelled correctly, definitely still go a long way here.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, just not to beat the whole grammar and spelling thing, but it's it's surprising uh, how many, even uh, some cover letters for some high positions where you see people don't, one, don't really understand what the purpose of the cover letter is, and two, as Dr. Goschel pointed out, they spend, um, spend a lot of time talking about things that are wrong and why they're leaving or maybe saying they were held back by their previous institution because of lack of, I mean, you can always talk about that later, why you're leaving that institution. But really, you want to say why you're going to the next institution and then just really do just check your spelling one more time.
0: Yeah, great reminders. And both of you have reviewed a number of cover letters. So hearing that real life experiences is, is definitely really valuable for both myself and and our listeners here as well. So thanks very much for that. So speaking to the need, Dr. Govan, that you had mentioned earlier about being sort of succinct in your cover letter, but at the same time covering being comprehensive in terms of providing an overview of your strengths and what you bring to the table. So neurology applicants might want to discuss multiple interests or skill sets. Let's say they were involved in clinical research, but then also a little bit in medical education. And so how could one best frame this succinctly in a cover letter? Would you recommend that they just sort of pick a theme and go with it? Or should they try to pick a couple things? Or what would be the recommended approach?
1: I would say, I mean, part of it depends on the position that you're wanting to move into. But if you feel like you have two strengths that you really want to express, it's good to go ahead and say that. I mean, literally say, my two strengths that are complementary to this particular position include blah, blah, and blah, blah, and, you know, education and clinical research, as you pointed out. And, uh, and then, start with you know one and say a few things about that that really you consider are your strengths and then move to the second one. And you can even combine them, I mean, for education and clinical research. I mean, one of the key things is educating people about clinical research, right? There are all sorts of different ways that you can do it to show that you have strengths in two areas um, and why they're complementary and why they make you a special candidate for that particular position. I don't know, Dr. Goschel, if you want to try to say that more succinctly. I feel like I rambled a little bit there.
2: (laughs) No, I, I I like the way you said it. It's tough because I feel that so many trainees are so accomplished and are doing so many different things, whether in education, research, QI, that it's tempting to put all of those things on your cover letter because they may have all been important to you. But the distinction is what is important to you versus what is important to the job that you are applying for. So my advice to anyone who in the next few months is applying for jobs and is writing cover letters is start with your why you are the best for that position first, at least while you're writing it. So try to think about first, what is your goal for your position? And then work your way backwards from there and look through then your CV or think about like, what are the things I have done that uniquely make me a good candidate for that position? Because I'll tell you one thing that often appears as a weakness is that someone is listing a bunch of different things that they have done and they may have done them meaningfully, but it makes the cover letter feel like it's all over the place. So work your way backwards and pick out what you think is salient It may be more than one thing, right? But what is salient for your eventual goal of who you want to be at that institution. Also, super important, never let your cover letter be more than three-fourths to at most one page.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) that is really true. I mean,
2: cover letter should be
1: three quarters of the page with, you know, you're not like squeezing your signature on at the very bottom. And I, I really think you don't want to look unfocused. And it may be that your multiple accomplishments don't make you unfocused, but you don't want to appear unfocused in the cover letter. And people are will look at your CVs and see all your other accomplishments. But the point of the cover letter is to to, to get people to see you as the candidate for whatever that position is, the ideal candidate for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, we've already talked about A number of related things in terms of what makes really a strong cover letter but is there anything either of you would like to add in terms of have there been any like particularly sort of standout very strong cover letters and why did you think they were particularly strong
1: i think um, one of the things that you can do to make a strong cover letter is make sure you've done some research on the institution and the program if you can before you write the cover letter you know address your aspects if you relate it especially to a particular program or um element within the the institution that that just you know you just you're the perfect puzzle piece for that or that you could help mold something because of your previous experience so what makes a strong cover letter is the fact is if the reader feels like you understand the institution or the issue that the institution is facing, or I say institution, but I really mean department and institution that, that they're facing that you can help them with that, that you're the person that you're the one they're looking for. So, but having that personal touch of a particular program within that institution really shows that you've done your homework and that you're not just applying to every job that that you're eligible for that uh, even if you are really applying to every job that you're eligible for in the cover letter you want to make it look like you're applying to that particular job because of some particular outstanding thing that that you know if you came it would be the perfect meld
2: yeah i agree with dr gutman that i think the strongest cover letters that i've seen take into consideration what resources institution has, whether that's identifying a mentor that you're going to be working with, identifying divisions that um, either have a collaboration or you feel that you can create a collaboration between departments, really trying to, to find a way that you can add to the team, right? And that involves sometimes saying what you've identified as a place for you to grow are mentors that you think you would that could help you to your eventual goal.
0: Yeah, that's great. I personally don't uh, have as much experience reviewing or, you know, writing cover letters, but I have certainly reviewed, you know, applications for residency and things as a former chief resident. And I would say the similar thing is that, you know, we do see a lot of applicants who sort of recap unique features about the program. And Just as Dr. Gutman has mentioned, like we are all, you know, already sort of aware of the unique features of our program. But I think how to leverage that to your benefit is how you feel like your strengths and how your future goals are fitting into those unique features of the program and bringing out that synthesis of your future vision and how you would really fit into this specific department or institution. And it seems like that's pretty similar to uh, what we should be doing in our cover letters as well.
1: You know, just to go back to what we were saying earlier, uh, you don't want to sound like you're you're just writing like you're a super fan of the institution. But what you really want to be saying is that, you know, the institution has this interesting feature or interesting program or um, is unique because of this. And I bring this to that um, particular facet of the program and can connect it with the Department of Physical Medicine and Rehabilitation because of my interest in transitions of care or something like that, right? So just making it clear, you know this is unique about the program and this is what you have to add to it.
2: Yeah, it's like the pro- hopefully the program already knows that it's great. Your point is to say, how can you make it even better? Great. Fantastic. So just to sort of wrap up here,
0: any other advice you'd like to give those who are looking for jobs in the next several months pertaining to cover letters and how to really promote themselves in that first impression? I think we've already covered quite a bit of great material, but sort of any closing remarks either of you may have.
2: I mean, I think the most important thing is have a lot of friends look at your letter. If you have mentors, have your mentors look at your letter. Look at your friends' letters too, right? You learn a lot by other people's approaches. Um, So constantly review. Ask people to read your letter. Ask people to look over your CV and read your letter. And keep it short. Very important. And I will just add the importance
1: of having people read your letter is not just for them to say you need to make it shorter or for them to look for spelling errors, or even just to look for the flow. The other thing that people do poorly in general is tell people how good they really are. Oftentimes in letters, you think you've said how great you are, but your friends can look at it and say, no, 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 no. Let me just tell you a better way to show these people how great you actually are. I agree that we we often uh, will underrepresent ourselves in the cover letter. It can be short and still be shining.
0: Well, fantastic. Thank you both so much again for taking the time to share with our listeners your experience writing and reviewing a variety of cover letters and summarizing sort of the strengths and pitfalls of a variety of letters. I think it'll be really helpful for our listeners especially since I've spoken with quite a few people who in their experience were sort of like, I don't really know where to start when writing my cover letter. So I think this will be really, really informative and helpful to our listeners.
1: Yeah, thanks for inviting us and uh, I hope it is helpful.
0: This podcast is not recorded as an official podcast of any institution or organization. The podcast is unfunded. Opinions are those of the individual participants. Music by Audrey Nath. Artwork by Shivani Ghoshal. If you want more content like this, please be sure to subscribe to the Neurology Nuts and Bolts podcast on whichever platform you use to listen to your podcasts to hear more about constructing your career in neurology. We're also on Twitter at NeuroBolts. If you want to stay up to date on new content, give us feedback on what you want to hear or share episodes with your friends and colleagues. Thanks for listening and please be sure to tune in for the next episode.